This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now, let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. This is the year of the leader. This is the Leading Second Podcast. And welcome to the Leading Second Podcast. So glad you're here. This is a space we've created for anyone who leads from the middle. If you're wanting to give your all for the kingdom of God and get it right for your church and your pastor, this space is for you. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Clark and I'm one of the team members here at Leading Second. Today, we're joined by Jenny Katrin and diving in to check the pulse of our organization's culture. But before we do, I wanted to talk to you about Leading Second Build. What is it? Well, Leading Second Build is for lead pastors and executive teams who desire to move forward toward team health and sustainable growth. Leading Second Build is for you if you feel a loss of forward momentum in your church or you've been experiencing organizational chaos. Perhaps your team is misaligned or lacks ownership. And maybe ministry results feel like you're just walking on a treadmill or leadership has just stopped feeling fun. So if you want to move forward as a team, but don't know how to get there, leading second build could be your extra set of eyes to create a clear strategy. It's designed to come alongside church leaders with diagnostic tools to identify challenges and create a roadmap to move forward over a 12 to 15 month period while you implement your action plan. A customized approach to offer proven solutions that meet your current needs. So if you're interested in Leading Second Build, you can learn more and connect with us at leadingsecond.com forward slash build to see if this partnership would be right for you. Well, for today's episode, Pastor Brandon is joined by Jenny Katrin. She's an author, speaker, and founder and CEO of The Foresight Group, where she works with individuals and teams on leadership, team culture, and strategy. And we'll be hearing from her on just that. So let's jump in to the conversation. Well, Jenny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to be here. This is, is going to be a fun one. So I have been looking forward to this for a while. You come very highly spoken of. We're just, of course, meeting each other for the first time, but we have a mutual friend in Jennifer Martin from North Rock Church, who also happens to be with us today. Say what's up, Jen. Hello, everybody. Great to be here with some of my favorite people. Yeah, I think I think we're all going to get along today. We're going to have some fun. But Jenny, we just want to honor you today. Thank you for how you serve churches and mm. how you've served in the kingdom. I, I respect you and respect your your voice and your coaching. And so I'm really excited to have you in this space today to help our audience. Why don't you get us started and just tell us a little bit about you and how you got started in ministry and in the second chair? 
Yeah. Awesome. Brandon, thank you. I equally just am really grateful for the work you do. And um, Jen has spoken so highly of you. So it is fun to finally meet um, and get to get to catch up a little bit. My story, I um, came into ministry by accident, which I bet a lot of those listening can can resonate with that. I thought I would be a record company executive. I was a kid who had like big city dreams. I grew up in small town in the Midwest and wanted to go to Nashville and work at a record company. And God allowed that dream to come to fruition. I did. I worked for a record company for almost Mm. a decade. I loved it, loved every minute of it, thought I'd be a CEO of a record company. And then God threw me this crazy curveball. And I was invited to come on staff at the church. My husband and I had helped plant. We both were deeply involved in the local church we helped plant a church in Nashville. And about three years into the story of Cross Point Church, I was invited to come on staff as executive director. Hmm. So very unexpected, did not anticipate that twist or turn. But I remember in that moment, just that recognition that what I really loved doing was I loved helping equip leaders. I loved help build building healthy teams. And I felt like God was saying, I need you to bring that gift here. And uh, so I just came on staff and we were in, on a rocket ride of growth. We grew from one location in a school cafeteria to six locations across the Nashville area. And wow. um, just all the growth that accompanies, um, you know, a fast growing multi-site church. And so um, got to do that for another nine years. And then I was uh, executive pastor at a church in California, Menlo Church. I was there a couple of years. And then now I lead an organization called the Foresight Group. And we do leadership coaching, as you guys do. And we do um, team culture consulting, really helping or, uh, leaders look at the health of their team. And um, I, my deep conviction is that when a team is working well together and fully aligned, um, our momentum towards mission is unstoppable. And so mm. that's what I love to do. You said it better than me. That is brilliant. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. And since you do coaching, I, I thought maybe, Jen, you could tell us how you all know each other. Yes, absolutely. So I had stepped into a role here at the at, at North Rock where I serve my leaders. And um, I was totally um, out of my uh, depth and not equipped at all. And, you know, God was just so gracious to me that he dropped an email in my inbox. I have no idea how it got there, but it was about a coach, a women's coaching group in Chicago with Jenny Catron that I could be a part of. And I didn't even think about it. I saw it. I talked to Matt about it, signed up the same day and flew to Chicago and uh, met Jenny. I knew not a person in the room. Like I knew nothing about Jenny. I knew nothing. I just knew I needed help and, uh, and I needed a coach and I needed somebody who kind of understood church. And so I showed up in that room in Chicago and, uh, that was in February of 2016. So Jenny has been coaching me since then. I hope I'm a little better now than I was (laughs) when I showed up, but I still have a long, long way to go. So me and Jenny are going to continue on this ride, hopefully. Oh, it's so fun. Jen, you're such a fantastic leader and getting to be a part of the journey. We all need the community and support. And so it's just it's just fun to do That's ministry awesome. life together. Yes. That's awesome. Absolutely. Well, what I'm excited about today is we're going to talk culture. 
as you just mentioned a minute ago, Jenny. And I thought today we would just call this a culture checkup. Mm. You know, my pastor would say it like this, that every organization has a culture, whether it's by design or default. So the question Mm -hmm. is not if we have a culture, but it's, you know, what is it and who's leading it, if anybody. And there are aspects to our culture that we need to keep an eye on, that we need to see, that we need uh, potentially even outside eyes to see. And I just thought today we would elevate this and talk about the importance of it, because whether we realize it or not, it is driving certain aspects of our ministry. So maybe you could just dive us in today, Jenny, with the culture checkup and just first share with us, why is organizational culture important? Like what, why does it even matter that we're having this conversation today? Yeah. Yeah. I love that question so much, Brandon. Cause it's like, for me, I'm like, why would it not be important? But I think what you said is so key, right? We, we have a culture, whether we acknowledge it or not. And my definition of culture is who we are and how we work together to achieve our mission. And for most of us in ministry, the who we are part, we kind of get right. Like everybody knows our purpose, our mission, But the how we work together is where a lot of the mystery tends to happen within teams of like, we all have different interpretations of how we do things or the values that guide how we operate together. And, you know, so everybody's making their own interpretation of that. And that's, that's typically okay if there's a handful of team members, right? Like we all kind of catch it. We're in proximity. We're with each other frequently enough that we kind of get it. But it's when teams grow beyond even just a handful of people that all of a sudden culture has to move from caught to taught, where we Mm. have to get really clear about who we are and how we work together. Because without that, you start to see just all the little different interpretations of Mm. how we work together to achieve the mission. And one of the, without like just going on off on a tangent, without giving you space to, to direct me, um, culture really is the linchpin between purpose and strategy. So, you know, we as Mm. ministry leaders, it's like, we know our purpose, we know our mission. And then we jump to, okay, what's the strategy? How are we going to make this happen? But you need a team of people aligned and working effectively together to tie those two things. And so what happens for so many leaders is we're frustrated because our strategies aren't working, but typically there's a culture problem. Typically there's something with our team, whether they're just misaligned and we see it show up in misalignment, maybe just some complacency. And we kind of think it's bad attitudes. And oftentimes it's that we haven't brought the clarity for how we work together that helps them take action Mm -hmm. towards that strategy. So it just, to me is like, I feel like for ministry leaders in particular, culture is really the stewardship of people in pursuit of our mission And so when we see it as that, that like our staff team, our working team are, they're really our first congregation. They're really like that first line of defense, Mm. so to speak, in helping us protect the mission and accomplish what God's called us to. And so I just think the attention to culture is so incredibly valuable to pursue the work God's given us. Very good. And you've already said something interesting, if I can just highlight it for one minute, you said culture has to move from being caught to taught. Now, that's interesting because I have always heard, it's maybe even kind of a slogan a little bit now in in leadership circles, that culture is more caught than taught, you know? And I 
I think I've probably said that. I've probably taught that over the over the years. And I, I think it's true. But you just said something interesting, how we do at some point have to move to being able to clearly articulate it and That's clearly right. communicate it so that we don't enter into assumption or we don't enter into subcultures. I don't know if you'd want to say any more on that, but that's interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, it's a little, it is a little bit counterintuitive, right? Because I, I, it is many, when, when cultures are healthy and clear, then it is very much caught. It's like it goes from caught when there's a few sure. of us, we have to teach it, goes from caught to taught. And then it's become so consistent and clear, it's caught again. It's both caught and taught is really what's happening. And so uh, my my thinking around that, Brandon, is that culture, like everything else, when organizations are growing and scaling and ministries are growing and scaling, we're figuring out how do we reach more people and accomplish more of the mission. We have to build systems for that to be sustainable. So culture also needs a system to be sustainable. Like culture needs, we need that clarity and that framework and those anchors that help us know Hey, this is how we show up and work together. Jen's done this really well right. at North Rock. Like they have their North Rock way and where, you know, and they have a whole like manual, Jen, I'm getting all your terms wrong, but you have a whole manual of like culture guide, culture guide. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, that helps their team understand, Hey, here's how we show up and work together. And that's it. You know, it's not sterile and lacking like the, the personality and the the relational connection and so forth, but it's getting, it's providing that level of clarity that help team members know how to succeed right. here. Um, and so it is, it's a little counterintuitive, but I think that's where we get stuck because we just assume everybody should catch it. And part of our job as leaders is to really bring that level of clarity that helps people more deeply engage. So good. I feel like at North Rock, we've had both seasons and we're entering a season. So it, it was it was caught and then it was taught and then we went back into caught and now we're entering back into it's time to teach it again. Yeah. And so I, I'm so glad, Brandon, you stopped and, and asked that because I think it ebbs and flows as new team comes on. That's right. As the church grows and expands, as new campuses are launched, whatever it is, any type of new transition, you go into a new phase of it. Um, so, OK, second question, Jenny. What important role do second chair leaders play in establishing and leading culture in an organization on behalf of their leader? Yes. Yeah, I think this is so good. And this is so key for second chair leaders. I think sometimes we, you know, we fear, well, you know, the senior leader is casting the vision, is setting the culture and, you know, and we don't want to disrupt that. So sometimes we might just try to avoid it or not maybe even avoid it, but just respectfully defer to our lead, a pastor or a senior leader sure. on that. And what I would encourage is we have to be owners and carriers of that. And really every team member needs to be a carrier of culture because while culture is disproportionately influenced by the most senior leadership, everybody on the team is influencing culture. And so particularly right. second chair leaders, we do have disproportionate influence um, on the team. And so we've got to really be ch owners, champions, carriers of that culture. And my encouragement to second chair leaders is really like um, uh, mining for what's really important to your leader. So some of you are saying, gosh, our culture is kind of just caught. And I know what's, I generally know what's important to my senior leader. And, 
but I don't always know how to define that or articulate that. And my encouragement to you, sometimes as a second chair leader, is the one to ask a lot of questions that bring clarity that you can translate to the team. Like sometimes you're the interpreter, I guess would be the better way of saying that, right? As a second chair leader, you're trying to really understand your your senior leader, understand what they value, what's important to them, and uh, extract that into some language that you can give to the team to help them understand more specifically what it looks like. Because they're poking around trying to figure out, am I doing the right things? Is this aligned? Is this who we are and how we work together? And oftentimes, the second chair leader is the one really pulling that out of that first chair leader to be able to bring clarity to the team. So I think your role is really, really critical. Mm. Beautiful. Yes. And that takes work to mine it. It takes proximity. (laughs) It does. It takes time. And I can imagine it changes to some degree over time. You know, my church is decades old. My pastor has been my pastor pretty much my whole life. And on one hand, we're the same church. On the other hand, we're a a new and different church. Mm -hmm. And some of those things have been enduring. Some of them have not. And so I don't think that job is ever done. And I do think we're, we're mining for a long time. Let me ask you this. What trends are you seeing right now? We're, we're leading in interesting times Yeah, and culture is changing in and out of the church. So what trends are you seeing in church organizational culture right now? Or, you know, how are things that we're facing right now affecting church Mm -hmm. organizational culture? Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my first reaction and response, because I spend so much time here is just in the experience as an employee, as a team member, uh, that, you know, so much has been disrupted over the last few years and it, it has, it has changed the way people engage. It's changed people's expectations of work. And so particularly for like your staff team members, they, they're asking different questions. I think one of the things that's really fascinating right now that I'm seeing in the data is that, uh, employees disproportionately want purpose in their work. So this is like across all organizations. This is not specific to churches. This is just employees at large are saying they want more purpose in their work. Well, church leaders, this is gold for us because it's like, absolutely we, you know, we get to call people to such extraordinary purpose and meaning in their work. And I think that's the opportunity for us. Like we have a, we have a, a workplace culture at large right now in our country, really around the world that everybody's disgruntled, they're, they're quiet quitting, they're disengaging, et cetera. Right. But the data is telling us that what they want is purpose. So my encouragement to church leaders is like, this is a golden opportunity for us to help people really connect with purpose and find meaning and significance in their work and helping them, helping them connect the dots to do that, right? Because Sunday's coming every week, we're doing a myriad of tasks and details every week, and we kind of lose a little bit of our way and significance in the work. And so one of the things that we get to do that helps shape the culture of our team is help everybody see their connection to purpose. And so while we're seeing, you know, so much uh, transitioning and people pursuing different careers and different jobs, I think as ministry leaders, if we anchor around people want purpose and what greater purpose to serve than to be a part of the local church, 
um, I think there's a huge opportunity for us as leaders. So that's, that's just one thing that I'm noticing. And I think is a real opportunity for church leaders. Very good. Very Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. This really could be our time to shine. You could say, and I think maybe we need to remember that. And, and, you know, among all of the conversations about how tough it is, maybe we ought to see the opportunity in this moment of really calling people to that place of purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're, mm-hmm. we're just as guilty of giving into the fear, right? The fear that, you know, it, it, I mean, hiring has been hard. Like, let's be honest. Many of us saw a lot of our team members transition because maybe they made different family decisions. They moved across the country to be closer to family. You know, so people, I, I was talking to one leader about a year ago, he had a staff of 24 and 12 of them left within a year. You know, so half of his staff left inside of a year and it was none of it was like, oh, the culture's toxic. And, you know, it was like they all had just different reasons that indi- that required a transition. One of their spouses got relocated for work, so they had to move. And so it wasn't like there was these catastrophic issues for the transitions. So I think sometimes we succumb to the fear that we hear in you know, that there's their, um, you know, employees are going and moving on to new opportunities and new things. And then we miss that, gosh, we can, we can speak into one of the very things they're longing for is a sense of purpose. And so that would be my Mm -hmm. encouragement to leaders is, uh, I think the church honestly should have the best team dynamics, the best cultures. I think it should be, I think we should be the leading the way in how people feel about their work. Um, and I think there's yes. just a huge opportunity for us in that. Yes. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think even of our own ministry, I'm really proud of our team leading second has a very robust volunteer team. Uh, we have a couple of staff members they happen to be married. And what's interesting is in summer of 2020, when everyone was talking about every which thing going on in culture. And when you said a lot of people were making moves back to family or, you know, all of that, this couple took the plunge and moved to the Pacific Northwest, not necessarily the direction in the country. Everybody was moving at that time, (laughs) mind you. And they did it with no promise of jobs and they did it with no promise of, of whatever it was. It was a, a move on the call of God and on purpose. And I often think back, I'm so proud of them. And I'm often mm-hmm. thinking back uh, uh, to them, you know, their, their family thought they were about crazy moving to Seattle in July of 2020, but yeah, right? it was a purpose move. And I think we, we need to remember that that may not be everybody's story. I wouldn't put, you know, someone's sacrifice on someone else, you know, that's right. for everybody to navigate, of course, on their own. But I just think we we've, we've backed up a little bit from, from the purpose conversation with people. I'm really glad you're mm-hmm. saying this today because maybe some leaders can just find their courage a That's little right. bit around infusing their culture with purpose again, because people are still able and desiring to run really strong for something that matters. And That's right. like you said, we, we, we've, we've, we've got checkmate on that. We've got the greatest cause on the face of the planet um, that we're working for. Let's, let's do this. Let's spend a few minutes and, and, Jen, help me with this. I, I just want to talk about a culture checkup. So how how a leader can get eyes on their culture, because I think a lot listening would go, okay, great. I get it. Culture is important. Um, how do I see it? What, what do I do about it? So let's maybe talk about this first. What dynamics 
could splinter or crack an organization's culture? I mean, what, what do we need to be looking out for? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think some of, some of it is the obvious, right? If you have team members that are, um, uh, a little, uh, disgruntled or siloed or, you know, like just kind of typical bad behavior organizationally, you know, where you've got some tension, you've got some, but what I, what I see a lot is even, and especially now is a lot of just confusion because we all for the last few years have just been scrambling for survival in some ways. It's like, how do mm. we do ministry now? Right? Like, you know, we reset so many things. We've been poking around at different strategies of what connects people in this, you know, now. And so our, and our teams are feeling that fatigue and frustration of, you know, just everything's been changing constantly. And so that change fatigue is real. And so coupled with that, then what we see is we see team members, just the confusion of, I don't really know how to contribute in a meaningful way because so much has changed. I'm not really even sure what the target is or the chaos of, you know, I'm, I'm not sure who's doing what, or just the tensions and frustrations that kind of come in around those things. So one of my encouragements to leaders is that I really believe that clarity is a chief indicator of the health of a culture. And so even pausing as a leader, leadership team and saying, where does our team need more clarity? And sometimes this is a actually going to the team and saying, hey, guys, what feels confusing right now? Because it always feels mm. clearest to us the more senior we are in the organization, right? right? right. But it, like we always think our culture is better than it is. I'm sorry, leaders. Like we do because we're influencing it. Like, right. Like when you're in, you know, more senior level leaders, whether it's first chair, second chair, you have disproportionate influence on the culture. So it feels better to you. So you have to really dig for how's the team really feel like what's really mm. going on. And, you know, you might poke around for some, you know, to have some conversations and ask questions um, but you also still have to be conscientious of, they still might tell you what you want to hear rather than what you need to hear. Wow. I'm a big believer in, uh, staff surveys are really great tools. They, they're not, um, without, um, fault, you know, they, it, we still have to mine for really good feedback, but tr demonstrating a desire to get a sense of, what people are experiencing, what the culture feels like to them, where they just would love some more clarity. And so a simple question like, Hey guys, what feels confusing? Let's just, let's just talk in a yep. staff meeting today. What feels confusing? I know a lot has shifted and changed and we're still trying to get our bearings. You know, mm -hmm. we probably have some better sense of vision and direction now than we did a couple of years ago, but where do you feel stuck or what feels confusing? That's usually a question that doesn't feel terribly combative, but it will help surface um, some of the things that your team is dealing with. And I think if you can start some just good, healthy conversations about where do they mm. need clarity that will help them engage more deeply, um, that will start pointing in the right direction. So there's That's good. different things like that. Yeah. I think any way you can get feedback from the team is really valuable. Very good. Very good. So Jenny, I, I obviously have, have worked with you closely on culture and all of that. And there, a few years ago, we did like this whole big culture thing. That's when we did our culture guide. 
did culture assessments, things like that. How often, so we're talking about culture checkups, right? So how often, like as the organization shifts and changes, should we go back and check the pulse? Because I think I falsely assumed that it was kind of a one and done, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And because and because I am maybe higher up, I don't have a good finger on the pulse of what's actually happening. Sure. So what do you like in the, in the thinking about culture checkup, how often am I supposed to go back or do I wait for some sort of indicator? But what if I don't see that indicator? Yeah. Yeah. I love that question, Jen. And, and, you know, and, and part of what you've observed is what every leader feels, right? Like it's like you did so much heavy lifting to get to your culture guide to define the values that really shape your culture. And, and, and you've said that, and you guys do a good job of like, of weaving those things into your everyday rhythms. Uh, I, I love doing a culture survey with your staff about once a year, I think just an Mm -hmm. annual pulse. and, And what happens is the more that they're used to that happening, the more that they know, okay, I'm going to have a point, I'm going to have a place to give some feedback. Now, ideally you're setting a culture where they they're able to give appropriate and healthy feedback regularly, and it doesn't have to be isolated to a survey, but at least the survey becomes a rhythm that they can expect. And then every year you're seeing you're benchmarking against your previous year. So I'm a fan of use a tool and use it consistently. Very good. Um, Very good. Good. I personally, like the way we design our culture survey that we use is we have a set of questions that are pretty standard. And then part B of our survey is specific to your organization. So remember I said culture is who you are and how you work together. Well, the things that define how you guys operate at North Rock are going to be different from my home church here right? Because there's some different things that are elevated. And so rather than benchmarking against other organizations, because then we get competitive. Oh, well, we want to, we want to, you know, be Mm -hmm. in the 90th percentile Mm -hmm. of all great cultures. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't care about that. I want to see how are you doing against what you said is key to your culture? So, you know, whether Mm. you build that yourself, whether you engage somebody to help you do that, but have something that's a tool that you use regularly I also love to see, you know, so again, I think values, they're not the end all be all to culture, but they are the anchor points of culture. When we define values that are reinforced with um, a belief of why those values matter, behaviors, what does it look like here and language that helps express it, language and stories that help express it. So when I'm doing values work, it's like, it's all of those things. It's not just excellence or integrity. It's like, we Mm -hmm. put some, we put some meat around those words. But, um, when you, then infusing those into like annual performance plans so that every team member is also self-evaluating and their managers evaluating, Hey, how am I, how are you doing on this? Cause we said, this is how we work together. So am I living up to that? So one of the tools that we use in our culture framework is called the employee journey grid, where we're looking at everything from how people are onboarded, our hiring, our onboarding, our staff meetings, our performance reviews, um, our, just our, all of our meeting cadence. And we're saying, how does our culture show up in all of these things? And then that's giving you more touch points of, you know, kind of pulse points on your culture as well. So there's some Beautiful. different things looking for those systematic ways to have kind of those anchor points of culture showing up regularly um, Mm. is really valuable. That was so good, Jenny. Okay. Follow-up question. 
So we did our assessment after we've listened to this podcast. This church goes out and does their assessment with their staff. Anonymous comes back and it's shocking. Where do they start? <laughs> like they are now completely overwhelmed and it's way yes. worse than they thought it was going to be. Yes. So where do they start? Yeah. Well, like ju- just, just the very first thing that they have to do. Well, and my encouragement first to that leader, first of all, you're not going to be the first one that's been in this place because it is always a little surprising as a leader to realize, ooh, it isn't as good as I thought it was. So first of all, congrats for being brave enough to ask for the info because a lot of leaders just avoid it because they don't really want to know. So my, I first would encourage the leader leadership team, thank you for doing this and being vulnerable enough to get the, to get the feedback. Um, Secondly, acknowledge that the awareness is a catalyst for growth, right? So I don't love what I found, but this now equips me to do something about it. It equips Mm. me as a leader. I love to, when, you know, when we're working with organizations in that, in that season, I love to assemble a culture team of people from throughout the organization. So I don't want to just get the executive team together. I want to actually like get team members from throughout the organization. They've been your, that been their different tenures. They um, are different ages and stages of life. You know, we're looking for people that just will re- reflect different pockets of our staff team and assemble that team to say, Hey, we need you to help us look at this data, help us analyze, you know, some of the core issues that need to be addressed first. And then we get to work defining, okay, how do we get to where we want to be as a team? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think the more you include the team in the process, the more ownership they have, and the more they value the work. Uh, One of the things I Mm -hmm. find about culture work is that unlike like strategic planning or vision setting, where it's usually senior leadership directing that, like we look to our senior leaders to help with direction setting. On culture, because everybody's influencing it, if culture is just directed, it, uh, it tends to fall flat. And so the more that the team is speaking into it now, of course, you're picking team members who reflect some of the better parts of your culture. You don't want your toxic team members on your culture team, you know, (laughs) but you do want, you want your honest team members on the culture team that are going to ask some of the hard questions, but they really Mm -hmm. believe in who we are and how we work together. And they want to make a meaningful contribution to our future. So I think the more you involve the team, the uh, more progress you make towards that work. So How good. important is it to reinforce good culture while you're correcting some of the culture that you'd like to correct? Because I feel like those are yes. two ditches on either side of the road here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to pay attention to. Yeah, great, great observation, Brandon. Absolutely. Like celebrating, like, one of my favorite questions is what do we look like at our best? You know, as we think about our team Mm. and how we work together, what do we look like at our best? And then finding ways to celebrate those stories all the time. So, you know, and, and the teams that I've led through the years, you know, part of our staff meeting is always just a celebration of somebody who lived out a value and it's Mm. anybody can highlight it. So, um, one, uh, one team that I work with, they call it I spy. And so at the beginning of their staff meeting, they just say, I spy, who's got an I spy? And they, you know, so they'll just popcorn out. I spied Susie living out our value of this when she did this. 
And they, so mm. they celebrate and they champion each other. So you're reinforcing kind of those anchors of culture via your values. And you're, the team is reinforcing that for one another. Um, and so I, I, that I find is super helpful Great. Um, to get them Great. celebrating it, celebrating each other. And again, not even yeah. just senior leadership doing it. Yeah, I good. just I th- I thought I would highlight that because I think that bad culture gets all the airtime in these it's conversations. Right. Yeah. And yeah, we probably have some things we need to correct, but I would I would wonder if that doesn't even move the the needle more. I think is, so. Mm-hmm. Is helping people understand what does get rewarded and celebrated around here and give them something to work toward and want to be that's right of. so mm-hmm. so well said sure. okay let's let's land it with with this question I, I say this often for anybody who listens to the end of episodes which i never really know how many people that is mind <laughs> you i think a lot of people have still here. clicked Who's off still by here? now yeah so i i always phrase the last question as you know if you're here you needed this one you you're not gone yet and so someone's listening right now We've stirred them up a little bit today. Maybe they're frustrated with where their culture is or where their their team culture is today. What would you just say straight to that leader's heart? The leader is frustrated and knows they need to make a change. How would you minister to that leader Mm, right now? Yeah. Well, to that leader, I would just encourage you that um, you're in the seat you're in for a reason. Um, And to... Uh, and for all the frustrations that you feel, look for those glimpses of good. Look for, you know, I think as leaders, we're so wired to critique, right? I think that's part of the innate nature of leadership is we're always trying to improve things and make things better. And I often pause myself to say, what's good? Like, what's good? Mm. What is, you know, and so that question, what do we look like at our best? And celebrate like noticing and celebrating however small those things might be they're mm-hmm. you know they're they're there and start building mm-hmm. upon those things because you know you you have like seeing your team as the unique individuals that they are with the talents and experience that they have that are there because they believe in the mission and the purpose of the work like they would not still be there if they didn't right. really believe and were with you right. in this work so right. just be encouraged that that's your starting point, right? And like when you lean in and have the conversation with your team to say, gosh, I know I haven't been maybe leading at my best, or I know it's been a really, really challenging season for us, but here's what I believe. I believe that God's assembled us all here in this season on purpose. And I think this is the team that is going to carry out this mission. And I want to do whatever I can, I can to help lead us in that way. What do I need to know? How can I serve you better? leaning into the conversation right. rather than away from it. Um, it will, I, I, I just find it to be rewarding time and time again. So mm. don't be discouraged. Like culture work is some of the most rewarding work that I've ever yes. been able to be a part of. And so stewarding your team, um, is just one of the greatest joys of leadership Great. and ministry. I want to thank you for your perspective and wisdom today, Jenny. And really quickly, before we let you go, will you tell everybody how to contact you and tell us a little bit about the books that you've written? You've written a couple great books. I sure have. Yeah, Brandon, thank you for that. You can find um, our website is getforesight.com, G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T. 
There's tons of resources there, a lot of free download resources, all on culture and leadership. Um, my podcast, you can find that there as well. So getforesight.com. I'm at Jenny Catron on all the socials. So that's J-E-N-N-I-C-A-T-R-O-N. So I would love to connect with you there. And I have um, just been privileged to write a few books, The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership, which is based on the Great Commandment, looking at leadership through the lens of the Great Commandment. And then another book called Clout, Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence. And so you can find all of that on the website. Love it. Love it. We are calling you a new friend. So you're not going far. Likewise. We'll, we'll do this again. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Appreciate you today. Thanks so much. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leading Second and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook. Facebook.